Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Vayakel Sheni, the second Aliyah in Parshas Vayakel. The topic today is the building fund. It is nine psukim learning from Perek Lamed Hey Pasuk Chavalev to Chavtes. Let's take a look at a brief overview and then delve into some points to ponder. So now the people have gone back, they've heard the presentation of Moshe, this appeal which has been made, they go back and they start donating and they all bring, they bring all these wonderful things to uh, to to, uh, to the base of Eidash to, well, to Moshe Rabbeinu to create. And the, the, Nashim, the men come to their wives, they tell about this, and they bring all these kinds of rings and silver and gold and all, all the different precious materials and, um, and the tcheles, argaman, talas, shani, sheshu, izim, all kinds of different materials. And they bring copper and silver, all, all these things of wood are brought. And we even hear about the women who bring their chokhmah slave, their skills, the artists, um, 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 the artisans who bring biyadeh tavu vayavu matveh esat cheles esagavon. They started bringing this, the 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 woven and the the, the spun um, threads, which they even did from the goats themselves. And we hear about the nesiim, these princes who bring the avnei hashem, these these special stones, and the avnei minuim, the stones which are going to go in the, in the on the ephod, and the stones which are going to go in the choshen and all the different spices necessary for the Katares and the Shemen Hamishcha, which we learned about in Pasha's Kisisa. And it, really, people came forward. This is an incredible dis- description of donation, and a davar la Hashem, a donation to Hashem. A few basic points to ponder. In number one is, what was unique about this woman spinning the, 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 wool, the, the wool? We hear about Tavu Esaizim. They spun the goats, which sounds a little strange. They were actually spinning the goats. So Rashi quotes the Gomorrah in Shabbos Daf Ayin Dalet, which says, "Yes, in fact, he saw Amanus Yeseira. It was an extra level of craft that they had that they were able to actually um, spin it right on the goats themselves." The Rav Hirsch actually explains that they had a way, perhaps some sort of um, um, material which they poured on the goats to allow it to come off naturally very easily and as the wool came off that's how they spun it so it's coming directly off the goats as they spun it um, but why is it so important why is that so important to tell us and for this to be recorded for posterity in the torah so nachlas yaakov explains it because the wool was the most clean then it hadn't yet been dropped on the floor and mixed together and and had to be cleaned again no no this was the cleanest it was it was cleaned on the animals it was pure and it was it was taken off the animals then and this might be as the maskil the david explains because this 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 particular wool was the outer covering it was the second of the coverings but the outer covering for especially for the sides of the mishkan which people on the outside would see on the inside you would see the beautiful tapestries of the ceiling on the outside you would see not the top because that's where the you have the ram skins and the takashim skins but on the sides you would see the goat skins which is why it required to be extra um, extra clean. I would also wonder if perhaps this is also an element of taking it from life, meaning to say it's as close to the organic process that it was. It's not dead material, that it was actually produced even in the space of while being alive as well. Now, why is it that we are told that the Nisim bring the stones? Why is that so important? Obviously, the stones, the precious stones, are of immense value. So perhaps other people were not rich enough to bring them. So what's the significance about this? Rashi tells us that if you look at the word Nisim in our Aliyah, it means the princes, it is actually missing a Yud. In fact, it's missing two Yuds. But nonetheless, Rashi focuses on the fact that it's missing one of those Yuds. And he says the reason is because they waited till the end and they said, whatever people cannot bring themselves, we will bring. And they were criticized for that, which is why they lost a Yud in their name. It's seen as a derogatory reference that they should have been more forthcoming at the beginning. And, and this is why later on in Parashas Nasa, the Nasim, the princes are going to be the first ones to contribute when it comes to the Chanukah Samizbeach, the dedication of the altar, when the Mishkan is actually put into service. 
The high Megdavar, the Nitziv, explains that maybe they weren't actually appointed in the Siam yet. After all, we've not seen that appointment yet, and that's going to come later on. And so perhaps that's why they spelled Chaser. They were nominees, they were elects. They weren't quite the actual Nisim yet, which might be, and it's not a derogatory thing, but it's just indicating but premature as well. Let, let's assume that, 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 that the Yud taken out of their name because of their actions. But why the Yud? Why was the Yud the, the letter that was the choice letter? Explains the Klayakar that really the, the 13 different materials that are enumerated here at the beginning of Parshish Trimul, which were, translated, which were being donated to the Mishkan, were as a kapora, as an atonement for the Chaita Egel. And as you know, there were 13 Midas Arachim, 13 attributes of Hashem's mercy, which were there to remedy the sin of the Chaita Egel and future sins. And so this was, in a certain sense, this donation was, as Rashi had pointed out at the beginning of Truma, all these donations, now we're making an edifice which Hashem commanded, not an edifice which Hashem did not want. And that's why it's going to be an atonement. But if you think about it, says the Kleyakar, what was the greatest loss when the Menuchos were destroyed? Not the actual stones themselves, but the fact that the letters jumped off of those stones, that the oysters of Parachos Ba'avir, they flew up in the heavens and were not retrieved. When the people made these donations, what were they really making? The donations they were making were essentially not the actual material of the Luchos, that is replaceable. But it's the letters, it's the spirit of the law which flew away. That's the Yud Gimel Midas that's the 13 materials they are bringing to create the Aseris Adibros. But they reached the, the capacity, there was enough. And now the Nesim had nothing left to give. So all they could give were the stones, in a certain sense like the container which held all that, all that spirit of the law. If all the Nesim could give was the actual material representing the actual stones of the Ten Commandments themselves, they were missing the spirit of the law that those Ten Commandments carried, which is why they were missing the Yud representing the Ten, the actual content of the stones, the stones representing only the outer, and that's what it was, why it was the Yud. Rav Sarotskin actually says that the reason why it's missing a Yud is you'll notice a lot of the important names in Judaism begin with a Yud. Um, the name of Hashem, Shem Avaya, Yud, Hey, then Avav and Hey, the name Yehuda, the name Yisrael, all begin with a Yud. What the, re the reason why they missed a Yud is because they did not come at the beginning. They came at the end. And so therefore, in a symbol symbolically, they lost their Yud, their beginning. It is worthwhile noting that there is a completely different way of looking at this entire episode, and that is that perhaps we mistr mistranslated the word Nesim. Perhaps Nesim does not mean princes. Nesim can also mean, and as, as, as is described in, um, in the Gomorrah, and as described in some of the Targumim, is that perhaps it refers to Ananaya, which means clouds, Nesim. What does that mean? So the, the, the Chazal described, Kashaman Yoreid Li Yisrael, when the manna would descend, they would be alongside it, all types of gems which would be brought as well. Which means to say, that what is described, what was being described over here, is bringing and donating to the Mishkan that which fell from the heaven. Not just the sustenance, but the riches as well. That might explain why it is that the word Nesim is spelled without a Yud, because it's not referring to princes, it's referring to clouds. Completely different way of looking at things. Different understanding. Every time we learn Torah, we should be learning a different level, more and more deeper and deeper. In the meantime, a wonderful and meaningful day.